to make us bold followers of Jesus. Now, I don't mean some sort of ostentatious boldness where it's self-centered and you're kind of an arrogant person. This is like a holy boldness where every single day you wake up and you're like, I believe in Jesus. And because I believe in Jesus, I'm going to walk through this life as somebody who simply responds to Jesus. Don't ever forget that when a person believes in Jesus, you believe in the Alpha and the Omega, the God who created and sustains everything. When you choose to follow Christ, you choose to move through the world with His direction. And with the aid of the Holy Spirit, you can do it boldly. Pastor Daniel shares today that you don't have to be timid about displaying your faith. And you shouldn't be. Jesus never shied away from the truth to spare people's feelings. He brought faith and hope to everyone, reminding them that they have the ability to live the same way. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Acts chapter 4 as he begins his message, Holy Spirit Fall. This is where we're coming from here at Crossroads. First, I want to tell you this, is that we desire to have a fully experiential yet deeply biblical faith. Now, I put those things together because we want to have a deeply biblical faith because God has given us his word and we value God's word higher than everything else. And the word of God shows us who God is, what he's doing, and gives us all the guardrails we need, right? But we also want to have a deeply experiential faith because there's nothing worse than just watching God move in the life of Moses or Paul And not have God moving experientially in our own lives. And so for me, there's a sweet spot of experience and Bible. And I learned that because there's an old saying. Every time I say it, I get in trouble with somebody. But I keep saying it because I don't mind. And it goes like this. That if you have the word without the spirit, you dry up. If you have the spirit without the word, you blow up. If you have the spirit and the word, you grow up. Now, let me explain it to you. If you have the spirit without the word, it's all experience driven, but it's not hemmed in by the word. And what you do is you blow up because when it comes to humans desiring experiences, there's no limit to the experiences you desire. So it has to always be progressive. Like if you ever watch the first Die Hard movie and the last Die Hard movie, you see how much more explosive everything has become. You know, the first one's a Christmas movie. And then by the end of it, it's like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. By the end, like he's trying to outrun a, a fighter jet with a big rig, you know, it's crazy, right? And so our world has become more experiential. But the thing is, if you don't have the word, then you can go off the rails in one area. Now, on the other side of it, if you just have the word without the spirit, you dry up. And that's typified in the reality that somebody can believe the Bible, but hates everybody else or is really angry with everybody else. Like where it's like, for them, the Bible exists to prove to you that they're smarter than you, that you're wrong, that you don't understand and that you're messed up. And so, and I always say that Jesus did not save us so that we can become grumpy, angry Bible thumpers. 
Jesus saved us so that we could be joyful, winsome Bible thumpers. Does that make sense? And so anytime you have someone who like, it's all about the word of God and it's all in, oh, you did what? Your church does what? Oh no. And everything's a chess match. That to me, that's the evidence of the Holy Spirit having left the building. Because the word without the spirit, you dry up. But you put them together, the word and the spirit, and what happens? You grow up. We want to experience the hand of God and the land of living at street level where we live, and we let the word of God be our guide, right? So it's not one or the other. And so for us as a church, that's our goal. Now, I have another goal for today's message specifically. At this point in the Life Hack series, we've been laying a foundation for the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. We've seen the promise that Jesus gave to the disciples about who the Holy Spirit's going to be. We saw the day of Pentecost and, and God's desire to baptize with the Spirit, with the gifts in operation. And today what I want to do is I want to show you that the Holy Spirit does not work the same way in everybody's life. And I think that this is a huge thing because for most of us, we end up judging our experience with God based on somebody else's experience. And I'm here to tell you, that's not the way you want to do it. It's kind of like when someone tells you their amazing falling in love story, right? And someone's got this crazy extravagant tale of falling in love. And you look at your suite and you're like, I wish our story was like that. Like, we just work together. I mean, how lame is that? It's not lame. That's how you came together. Like, that's an awesome thing, right? But sometimes we have this tendency to hear someone's crazy story, and we think, why isn't our experience like that? And what I want to tell you is that the Holy Spirit does not need to work one way in everyone's life. And so we're going to look at four different sections in the book of Acts to show the different ways that the Spirit worked at these different times. And my goal is for you to see that don't pigeonhole the Holy Spirit to work a certain way in your life, because... If you can pigeonhole the Holy Spirit, it's, he's not the true and living God, right? You have to let God be God in our midst. Does that make some sense? So open up in your Bibles as we get started to Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. So if you brought your own Bible, open that thing up. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And if you're like, hey, I don't like paper, take out your mobile device, take out your tablet, Type in your favorite browser window. And if you don't have one of those, you can ask your neighbor to borrow their phone. They'll give it to you. It's church. They expect you to give it back in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says it this way. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, the first step for us is this. is Brothers and sisters, we need to pray and be bold. You need to pray and be bold. And I get that right from this verse. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with what? With boldness. Now, let me put this verse into the greater context. In Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4, there's this story about Peter and John, and they're going into the temple, and they meet a man who is lame. Now, him being lame doesn't mean he's like the most boring guy you know, or the downer of the party. The idea is he had disabilities, and so he was in the temple. You get that lame, meaning something different. You get that? Okay. So he's in the temple courts, and because he's got these disabilities, he's begging for money. Right, And so as he's begging for money, he comes up on Peter and John, and Peter and John say to him, listen, silver and gold we don't have, but what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus. Get on up and walk. Now, how many of you know the kids 
little song about this verse. If you don't know it, you want to know it, I'll sing it to you because you guys are my spiritual kids in a sense, you know, where it says silver and gold have I not, but what I have I give to thee in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And then the chorus is so much fun because he was jumping and leaping and praising God. You guys know the song? You want to know the song. Get it on iTunes. It's a killer. It's so good, right? It's a great song, right? But really what goes on is this guy gets on up. He starts walking around. And because everybody knew him, because he was always in the temple courts begging for money, they all come together and Peter starts preaching, right? And all these people are coming to faith. And then what always happens when someone's following Jesus, Peter and John get arrested, Just kidding. Doesn't always happen. But in this case, Peter and John get arrested. They go before the religious leaders and the religious leaders start to threaten him. What do you think you're doing? Listen, I don't know what I'm doing. I just walked in. I said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. The guy got up and walked. I didn't do it. Right? (laughs) And the religious leaders are like, stop talking about Jesus. And Peter and John are like, well, we probably aren't going to listen to you guys. We're going to listen to God instead. But okay, you know. And so what they do is they leave and they go back and the believers are having a prayer meeting. And they tell the story, and then it says, they prayed. And then the whole room was shaken, and they were filled with the Spirit. Now, if in case you're counting, this is the second time in four chapters in the book of Acts that the apostles are filled with the Spirit. Now, if you go back to the end of the Gospel of John, at the end of the Gospel of John, it says Jesus breathed on them. He said, receive the Spirit. So this is at least the third experience that the apostles have had of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why do I bring this up? Because sometimes the Spirit of God wants to stir multiple times in someone's life, right? So sometimes we think, well, I got baptized with the Spirit one time, and that's it. Maybe not. Because here we have it happening for the third time. But what I think is beautiful is they prayed. They're all baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Now, here's what I want to encourage you. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, listen. You should pray and you should walk in a holy boldness in this world in Jesus' name. I believe that when the Spirit of God is at work in someone's life, there is a change that happens. And that change is that all of a sudden you are following Jesus. And for too many of us in this generation, just like where Peter and John were, there's this pressure to, to not really follow. Like, don't talk about Jesus. And we live in a day and age where people are proud to be everything, but believers are not bold in the name of Jesus anymore. And I believe that what God wants is he wants us to pray and then God wants to make us bold followers of Jesus. Now, I don't mean some sort of ostentatious boldness where it's self-centered and you're kind of an arrogant person. This is like a holy boldness where every single day you wake up and you're like, I believe in Jesus. And because I believe in Jesus, I'm going to walk through this life as somebody who simply responds to Jesus. Don't ever forget that when a person believes in Jesus, you believe in the Alpha and the Omega, the God who created and sustains everything, the God who knows every single hair on every single one of our heads. And that includes those of you who don't have hair anymore, God knew how many hair follicles there are. And the God who created and sustains everything is also the God who chooses to wash people's feet. And I'm here to tell you, the creator God who chooses to wash feet for fun is the kind of God that I want to follow. And brothers and sisters, be bold. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith for the Jews and also for the Gentiles. It's a good thing to believe in Jesus. Don't be shy about it. Don't be a jerk about it either. 
But don't be shy, be bold. And when I think about this idea of praying, listen to what Paul told the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. See, God wants us to pray and then move forward in boldness. That's not only for me. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, the boldness thing, that's for Pastor Daniel. Yeah, that's for Pastor Gabe, Pastor... No, listen, boldness is for us as the children of God. You should walk through this life boldly, proudly in the name of Jesus because Jesus died on a cross for your sins, because Jesus loves you with an everlasting love, because Jesus knows everything about each one of us and he loves us still and he wants to do a work in our lives. And when we choose to not be bold in the name of Jesus, really what we're saying is Jesus is important, but he's not as important as the Seahawks. We're saying Jesus is important, but he's not as important who's going to be elected to the presidency next. Right? And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is more important than everything. Jesus is the very reason for life. The best thing about one of us is Jesus inside of us. So pray and be bold. And I believe that for some of us, you can just shut your Bible. You can leave right now. That's, you heard exactly what you needed to hear today. Just walk in boldness. Don't be shy for who Jesus is. So, and you have the early church doing that, getting baptized for the third time in the Holy Spirit. Now, turn to your Bible to the right, a couple chapters. We're going to look at Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. So turn to your right, Acts chapter 10. And I can literally take any page of the book of Acts and tell you a Holy Spirit story because really the book of Acts is the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. But I'm just kind of cherry picking some to be able to teach us some important things. Look at what it says, Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God then Peter answered can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord and then they asked him to stay a few days Now, here's the big idea. My friends, the Spirit is for all who believe. That's what we learn here. The Spirit is for all who believe. Now, let me put this story in context. As I always say, you take a text out of its context, what do you have left? A con, context. Take a text out, what do you have left? You have a con. I say that because people have used the Bible to prove and disprove here we go use the Bible to prove and disprove everything good and evil as long as people have known the Bible so you have to watch the Bible in the context now what's happening sometimes when you read the Bible there's so much spiritual activity that you literally just kind of read it and move on you don't realize how powerful it is so there's this man named Cornelius Cornelius is not a Jewish person right so In that day and age, the Jewish people knew the God of the Bible and the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, worshiped all these different gods. But there's this man named Cornelius and Cornelius fears God, right? And Cornelius is seeking God and God tells Cornelius, listen, I want you to send people to this city called Joppa and I want you to call for a guy named Simon Peter, who we know as Peter the Apostle. And he says, and he's staying at the house of Simon the Tanner. Now, it wasn't that Simon Peter was getting bronzed at the tanning salon, (laughs) He wasn't there getting a Jersey Shore glow or 
POTUS 45 orange. Let the hearer understand. <laughs> I said that with all respect. But the idea is somebody who... T- and somebody who tanned different animal hides to be able to use for you like what I did there. So the idea of the tanner, it was a different job than going to Miami and getting your spray on, right? Or going to Vancouver because we're trying to stay warm here. Anyway, you know, and so he's like, go there and I want you to call for Simon Peter and he's going to come to you. Now, as this is happening, Peter is on the roof of the house where he's staying and he begins to have this vision and he has this vision of this of this like a white sheet that's held together at the four corners and it's coming down from heaven there's all these different animals what peter would have called unclean animals and he hears this voice that says peter rise kill and eat and peter's like whoa 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 i've never eaten that unclean food no 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 i'm a good jewish boy and he's like he's like peter what I have cleansed, you cannot call unclean. Now, it'd be the equivalent. I tried to think of a good equivalent. It'd be like if the equivalent, all of a sudden you catch this vision and there's this, this, this sheet coming down and then there's Twinkies and Ding Dongs. And the Lord says, rise and eat. And you're like, no, no, that's for Fusco. I'm not going to eat that stuff because I eat clean. And he's like, look, what I have cleansed, don't you call unclean. Right? That's the equivalent. And so Peter sees this vision, and then sure enough, as he's having this vision, and all of a sudden this delegation shows up from Cornelius and said, hey, listen, we're here because our Cornelius came and said, listen, he saw this vision. He said, he's going to come to get you. You're at Simon the Tanner's house. Come on, come see him. And when Peter and his friends go to Cornelius' house, Cornelius has got all of his friends there waiting. Right? And so Cornelius shares his dream, and Peter's like, well, okay. Starts telling him about Jesus. Then we pick up our story. Peter's sermon is interrupted by the Holy Spirit. Wow, every pastor's dream is that. See, because what goes on is that all of a sudden, as Peter is preaching and telling about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of these Gentiles. This is called the day of Pentecost for the Gentiles, for the non-Jewish people, right? And when that happens, it says that all the people of the circumcision, the believers, the Jewish believers in Jesus who were there with Peter, are literally astonished Because the Holy Spirit now fell upon the Gentiles just as it had done on the Jewish believers, right? Because they all heard them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. And then Peter is just like, well, might as well water baptize these folks, (laughs) right? You don't realize how profound because Peter had never been in a non-Jewish person's house in his entire life. Like the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people, they never intermingled in that way. So by the time you get to Acts chapter 15 on the Jerusalem council, Peter's retelling the story and he's like, listen, this is what happened and the spirit of God fell and all these Gentiles are saved and I didn't do it. It's God's fault, not my fault. Because it's like, this is not supposed to happen. But what do you learn here? What we learn here is that when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, God gives the gift of the Holy Spirit to that person. And he never says, God doesn't say, listen, you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you got to fix that and stop eating that way and stop doing this and don't sleep with that person and don't vote for that person. None of that stuff goes on. He says, believe in Jesus and I'll give you the gift of the Spirit. And because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden God is going to start changing your life. Can I get an amen? So there's no qualifications to receive the gift of the Spirit. There's just believing in Jesus. The Spirit of God comes. And then the Spirit of God does the work of transformation. And this is so different from the way we think about these things. Because there's all sorts of people be like, man, you really need to be set apart and holy for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Wrong. Cornelius just invited Simon Peter to show up. Those folks believed in Jesus, and now all of a sudden God is at work. Now, the Apostle Paul said it this way to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 
For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now, here's what I want to tell you today. No matter who you are, no matter where, what journey you find yourself to be here at Crossroads today, whether you're in our sanctuary in Vancouver, whether you're joining us across the globe online, whether you are picking this up on the radio, on the TV, on social media later, some other form of uh, thing that we're doing that I don't even know about. Listen, listen, God simply asks you to come to Jesus. That's all he's asking. All the questions, we all have them. All the, how's this going to work? We all have them. All God wants for us is to come to Jesus. And when a person comes to Jesus, the spirit of God is given to you as a gift to do the work of God in your life. You don't have to fix these things. These things like, oh, I think I have to get, listen, that's all real. But we're saved by grace apart from works. All the things that we change are a response to the salvation that came as God's free gift. And if God will pour out his spirit upon Cornelius in the middle of Peter's sermon, without Cornelius having to change one thing except the fact that he put his faith and trust in Jesus, the same is true for each one of us. Let's never think that the spirit of God says, you need to jump over these five hurdles and then I can do a work in your life. No, it doesn't work that way. He doesn't work that way. He wants us simply to come to Jesus. And then God begins to do his work. Now, how does God do his work? I'm so happy you asked. Turn to your right. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. Just about one page in your Bible. My Bible is just one page. Maybe it's two in yours. Large print. (laughs) Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Someone's like, it's four pages in mine. Acts 13, verse 1, it says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there was certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, They sent them away. Now, what does this teach us? It's really quite beautiful. Brothers and sisters, you need to let the Spirit speak. You need to let the Spirit speak. Now, you look at what's going on. They're there in Antioch. And while they're there, there's this group of people. They're prophets and teachers, it says. And there's a list of some of the folks who were there. Now, what's interesting is you notice this is kind of a multi-ethnic group. People who normally wouldn't go together. It's one of the things I love so much about the people of God is because God brings kind of unique people together. Jesus is real. The Holy Spirit in your life means that there's a change. There's a boldness to your life, a lack of timidity in being who Christ says you are. Pastor Daniel encouraged you today to tap into life with the Holy Spirit as your guide. When you do, you'll notice that the things that used to scare you have less control. You have less fear of jumping into whatever you've been feeling led to do. You'll have the assistance of the greatest helper of all. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. 
But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life, and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus' Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel continues to invite you into life with the Holy Spirit. He'll take you through some additional encounters the followers of Christ had with people in Israel and outside the safety of the Jewish people. The apostles didn't always know what the Lord would bring them to, but they trusted Him, and they obeyed His call with patience and trust, as we should. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast on behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.